My mother definitely has to be the first person that I look up to on my list of women, followed by a spiritual personality that I have been meditating on over and over again, and that is Queen Esther in the Bible. The reason why I I, I mentioned her a lot was because there's something about her personality that reminds women that there's beauty behind mystery. You know, she didn't reveal everything about herself, where she was from and all of that. Yes, for security reasons. But when you look deep into it, when women also take the time to be secure in themselves, when they're not trying to advertise themselves, when they're not trying so hard to be accepted by society, they shine in ways that attract people to them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about Esther. I love the fact that she didn't have to force anything for the king to look at her. It was just a matter of God's favor and she flowed in that favor. Dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life, and I'm feeling good. Welcome to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Isabani, and I am particularly feeling good on this amazing day that the Lord has made, where we come once again on this platform to expose the elephants in the room. I'm speaking of all these conversations and discussions that many of us are dying to have, but so very little of us actually have the courage, the strength, and the ability to articulate and to carry forward into action that brings about change. I'm super blessed to be here once again. I know it's been a while, but let's not dwell on that (laughs) and let us go forward and have this conversation today with this amazing, amazing, this phenomenal young lady that I was uh, privileged to meet once upon a time, randomly actually, uh, when I was performing poetry for the very first time, I think. Yes, one of the very first times that I ever performed poetry. Um, and I had the, the privilege of meeting this young lady called Divine Karen Yamulamba. And um, she performed this beautiful, beautiful piece, um, you know, just describing the relationship or our relationship with God and just this beautiful image of yeah. Christianity. And from there, I think I particularly fell in love um, with the way she is yeah. able to caress words, the way she's able to just put things together <laughs> in such a beautiful way um, that not only, you know, a lot of creatives are able to tickle your ears and that kind of thing and yes we click the fingers but this was a particular connection with the heart with the soul and so I had to bring her on she's a poet she's a writer she actually published her own book called Above and Beyond I promise you I knew the name it's just I was so within (laughs) the moment it's okay it's okay I'm right here you could have just asked me (laughs) no I can't do that I'm I'm the interviewer I'm a perfectionist I have to know okay (laughs) so Above and Beyond Uh, which tells a beautiful story of how she was born right so many of you may not know and many of you are yet to find out because I know that I know that I know that God is taking her to places even she cannot imagine Uh, and the story is basically about how her mom went through well it highlights this um, you know and that's basically the foundation of the story but it's just this inspirational motivational story about how we need to look beyond our 
persecutions, our trials and tribulations, and really focus on moving forward and being the best possible versions that we can be, despite what we go through. Beating the odds, yeah. basically, is what this is about. And <laughs> yeah. it it's, uh, features the story of how her mom went through seven miscarriages before she mm-hmm. was birthed and brought into this world. And I mean, like, it was worth the wait, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad. I'm very humbled um, to hear that the book had an impact in your life. That's all that I could have prayed for, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Thank you once again, Divine, for gracing us with your presence today. I know it's going to really be an impactful and insightful, enlightening episode. And thank you for having me, Sakina. You are such an eloquent and brilliant young lady. So it is only uh, an honor for me to really be here and get to share this experience with you. Thank you so much. Now let's dive right into it today, ladies and gentlemen, you know, bring back with a bang as usual. We're going to be having a conversation about the role of women and touching on femininity, right? And I know this is raising a lot of eyebrows already, but <laughs> it's a particular topic that I think has been like properly dwelling on my heart, bugging my mind, because I think we are constantly, constantly under scrutiny. We are constantly being told what to wear, how to speak, this and that and that and that and that. And this in the light of a Christian woman is actually a beautiful dilemma to have, you know, because it draws you closer to God and it really makes you understand your purpose and your function on this earth. So I I think having this conversation with you is really going to open up a lot of our eyes and really make us more aware of not necessarily how severe this is, but how Mm. much of a reality it really is. Mm. So I'm going to start this off by just asking you, what do you think is the role of a woman in your opinion? Wow. Um, If we're going to start with that question, then let's go back, back, back to when it all began in the book of Genesis. I am particularly, well, before her very (laughs) deep shortcoming talking to the snake Mm -hmm. um i admired her big time and it's eve and how she just fits into a puzzle that god had prepared to make sense of someone else's life and Mm -hmm. i think that is where women come in in societies and families and households to kind of be that piece of the puzzle for things to make sense you Mm -hmm. know we have such an important role um within our different spaces that goes beyond just nurturing and and taking care of others it's 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 more symbolic it's more spiritual than we could ever imagine so i think that the role of a woman really dwells within just completing a certain image that needed something to look a certain way Mm. i i hope i'm making sense no you're making total sense i mean it it completely contextualizes our mother's characters if we're being Mm. honest you know how they're able to just put the finishing touches to things in ways that we would probably not even think of in a million years to come yeah be able to just make something like how they say you give a woman a house and she gives you a home you give a woman like look at just look at the context within which adam found himself his language changed when eve showed up Mm. i mean when it was time to name the animals this is a lion this is a dog but when it was eve that came out you know of his very spiritual anatomy he said this is the flesh of my flesh the bones of my bones he even became poetic Mm. with the arrival of a woman on earth so i think women are there to change the dialect of society to change the the language within which the world speaks today come on somebody no definitely (laughs) 
Definitely. I mean, we know for sure that there are a lot of men who become poets whenever a woman is in their presence, whenever a phenomenal woman <laughs> is in their presence. So that we can all attest to. Yes. And, you know, poetry, it doesn't just have to dwell on the the emotional aspect of sounding romantic, but it dwells within the aspect of truth. Mm-hmm. And you can rest assured that when a woman of substance is in the room, you will learn truth, you will dive in truth, and you will become truth. Absolutely. Now, as a woman who assumes many roles within society, I mean, I did mention you're a poet, you're an author, you are a publisher. Guys, please do check out Psalms of Karen. I'm going to definitely give you more information about that (laughs) just before we end the episode. But that is the publishing company which Divine actually owns. Um, So she didn't just publish her own book, but she was like, you know what, after taking up this challenge and doing this, I'm going to help you to do the same. So you assume many roles. Now, what has your personal experience been like as you define and shape your future in this world that is in constant conflict with a woman that doesn't conform to its perception of a woman? Mm. Wow. Well, we didn't always live in a society that believed that women could be ambidextrous. So Mm -hmm. touching different things at the same time. Uh, Whenever people looked at the substance of a woman, they would kind of limit it to the household. And um, I believe that we were called on this earth to occupy every space possible where we are needed. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter where that necessarily is, it depends on the mission that God has given to us. So based on my personal experience, you know, obviously I grew up in a Congolese home. We grew up with the prospects of this is what a a girl should, should do to become the kind of woman that wants to be admired in a marriage, um, in her community. Mm -hmm. So if that involves having to learn how to cook, we did so. If that involved how to take care of others, we did so. But what I can appreciate from my parents is they didn't enforce these values within us and told us that this is what a woman should look like or sound like or act like. They said, this is how you can take care of yourself. Yes. So it wasn't a, a matter of gender, but a matter of identity. So I am privileged enough to have parents who focus more on who I was becoming as a person. Mm-hmm. Could I take care of myself? Can I cook for myself if my parents are not around? Can I look after myself if a man is not not around. So that's what they were mostly focused on. Um, It's not the same for everyone, I will admit. Obviously, there are homes where you are enforced to do certain things in order to reach the standard of what it means to be a woman. Mm -hmm. But when that happens, I always encourage the ladies to go back into the word of God and look into other personalities that are in our feminine shoes, if I can call it that way. Yeah. Esther, Esther is not just described as Mordecai's niece. She goes on to be described as a queen. So there's leadership in being a woman. There is grace, there is poise, but there's also authority in being a woman. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that it's up to us to discover what are these different responsibilities and missions that God has set before us. Absolutely. Even as I was thinking of what exactly we'd be speaking about, I think this was definitely something that came to mind because I thought to myself, well, in the Bible, we were created to be the helper. But it it wasn't just limited to restricted to a particular sector, Mm -hmm. to a particular area of life. It was you help in whatever regard and with what the, the situation demands. 
you know mm. and and so mm. i love how you said that yes indeed it's dependent on what your purpose is according to god that's Absolutely. definitely that's definitely what i believe as well and i would actually then want to ask what or who rather has mm-hmm. then been your epitome or your, mm. your perfect example of a woman who i could mention an entire list sakina but um, <laughs> i would have to be sincere and start with my mother not mm-hmm. because you know it's a motherly daughter relationship thing to do but because of the kind of experiences she's had to succumb in the past and how she overcame that that was extremely inspiring mm-hmm. you know my mother did not come from a family with a very high caliber they were not royal in any kind of way they were simple people and she had a lot of brothers and sisters and back then you know educating a woman was a luxury it wasn't really important mm-hmm. but she went on and she told herself listen i'm going to go my way out of the norm and of tradition and actually explore what is this thing that they don't want us to see Mm-hmm. Maybe when I uncover the truth about myself, I can be unstoppable. So she went to the city. She studied at the university. She became a doctor, regardless of the challenges that were on her way. Like, for instance, the miscarriages that she went through was in the process just before she had graduated from medicine school. So you can imagine the pressure of having to actually be an example of medicine that didn't work, mm-hmm. if you understand what I mean, mm-hmm. and still and still going through with the career because you understand that it's more than just a subject. It's a calling. It's a purpose. So my mother definitely has to be the first person that I look up to on my list of women, followed by a spiritual personality that I have been meditating on over and over again, and that is Queen Esther in the Bible. Mm-hmm. and the reason why I, I I mention her a lot was because there's something about her personality that reminds women that there is beauty behind mystery. You know, she didn't reveal everything about herself, where she was from and all of that. Yes, for security reasons. But when you look deep into it, when women also take the time to be secure in themselves when they're not trying to advertise themselves when they're not trying so hard to be accepted by society they shine in ways that attract people to them Mm -hmm. so that's what I love about Esther I love the fact that she didn't have to force anything for the king to look at her it was just a matter of God's favor and she flowed in that favor and yeah those are my my two (laughs) most important woman if I should say I can go on and on and talk about my sisters as well but um, I think that's a story for another day but yeah. they have been very inspiring to me in their in their musical careers and their marriages I've been so blessed to be surrounded by women of substance and I keep mentioning this because it's a reality around me I absolutely love that. An aspect of that is actually something that I learned from my mother. I'm a very stubborn person when it comes to making... Amen. Amen. (laughs) You and me both. I'm saying amen because it's you and me both. (laughs) Like, it's something that I'm working on that I'm really asking God for the grace to to be, you know, like a lot less like overbearing when it comes to to making my point known. I'm a person that... Mm is not particularly concerned with someone being in opposition to me or in opposition to what I'm saying. But my mm. problem is when you don't understand my point. And understanding mm. is not something that everybody has. It's a gift. 
right? So, so, I like that. <laughs> it's not like, like for real, that. right? And so my thing is always, I really don't mind if you think this is red and this is blue, but understand why I'm saying mm. that this is red, you know? Because I'm understanding why you're saying this is blue. Hey, and I so, am not judging oh. that at all. I, I think that it's actually great. Um, the problem would have been if you want someone, like you're forcing someone to believe that this is red and it's red and it cannot be otherwise. But mm-hmm. if you want to be understood, it is everyone's desire to be understood. Right. Of course, it is expressed in different ways. Um, so I don't think stubborn is necessarily the word. I would say ten- tenacious, if Thank I could, you, you know. <laughs> Pick a better word for it. You're resilient. Thank you you know am. what you want. <laughs> She's tooting my horn. That's all I'm going to say. She's tooting my horn. <laughs> no, for real. It's true because it's something that like annoys my siblings because me and my father are so very alike and we, we are particularly alike in this attribute, which is that we want right. to be right most of the time. And we, you know, we want our point to sort of prevail. And because of that, we usually like, not necessarily butt heads, but we constantly, you know, having a back and forth and whatever to see who's going to, you know, come up with the best evidence or whatever the case may be. And something that my mother has taught me is that in situations like that, she will just keep quiet. She's most probably (laughs) right, but she's not going to fight to assert that. She's not going to fight to make that known. And what what that taught me is that, right? And what that taught me is that true power doesn't lie in your ability to show that you are powerful in this aspect but to be powerful in an aspect that people don't know about yeah i think i said something um similar in my book where i say that you don't need to kick and scream and throw tantrums to get what you want in life that's not really how life always works exactly sometimes it's in the the tranquility in the quiet confidence of who you are that you actually attract what you want so i also do believe that it depends on the context there are some contexts that will need you to be i want to say aggressive but i want to use a more correct term and say firm yeah, there are some contexts that will steadfast, require to be steadfast, bold. firm, bold, brave, mm-hmm. um, stubborn. <laughs> In order for you to, to grab a hold of what it is that you are looking for. Completely. And it's something that we said off mic that we both actually shy people. Contrary to popular belief, I, I don't think anybody's going to believe us. And it's okay. <laughs> we believe each other. <laughs> because we know that's enough that it's it's completely enough and um it's that aggression right in inverted commas it's that boldness that hunger and that fire within us to go for exactly what Mm. we want despite whatever weaknesses that we might have within ourselves to not allow ourselves to be a hindrance to that which god has placed within Mm. us and that which god has purposed us for so really like even for myself i think my mom is definitely at the very very top when we're not like Mm. when we're looking at just human figures that have taught me of what real womanhood is my mom is definitely the one she's a housewife but she's so Mm -hmm. industrious she is so you know like when they ask what what are you bringing to the table you can't ask my mom that question like many (laughs) Congolese mothers many African mothers many mothers of the world in general you cannot ask that question because she's not necessarily matching up when it comes to the money or that kind of thing but when we're talking about emotional availability when we're talking about like no i love that i I feel like she i feel like she even exceeds the statement brings something to the table she is the feast she brings on something much more than just a table or a space she carries 
almost an entire generation on her back. Exactly. So that's what I I can imagine when you talk about your mom. No, definitely. Based on the description that you gave of your mother, I think we can definitely relate on that point. It's just something that you can't explain with words. It's something that you witness with your eyes, but you you can't even believe that you're seeing it because many a times you take it for granted. Many a times society yeah. takes it for granted because they they call it slavery. They call it you know selling yourself cheap. They call it wasting away your talents and things like that. But when you look at our mothers, and mm. you see the example that they are that they're setting without even consciously making the effort to you just realize that there's so much more to being something of substance being something of great value than Mm. actually being acclaimed and accepted by all you know it's it's this subtle grace and and glory that they they kind of have and that they exude you know without anyone saying wow like this housewife is amazing like all of these you know these weird titles they just play them down you know Mm, wow I love the way you put it in um it's so poetic the way you described it and I think that a woman's role goes beyond any title or any acclaimed label you know Mm -hmm. it's it's spiritual it's symbolic it's beyond what words can ever capture Mm -hmm. so you really put it in the right words well (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you guys have not noticed um like two poets are having a conversation this is a normal conversation by the way like we haven't even started like very very normal (laughs) (laughs) this is this is like us on like a chilled day right Oh my word, then I'm wondering what we are like on a very complex day. Then. Hey, I'm I'm telling you, man, it gets really heated within a poet's mind, within a poet's heart. It and it's, it's such a beautiful manifestation, you know, of like of God's mm. glory, to be honest. Let's get a little bit deeper into your story, if you don't mind sharing. Just sure. this is what your book is about, above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. as I said in the beginning, this is a story of going above and beyond the capability of a human yeah many would ask themselves the question well a whole seven miscarriages right that Mm, means mm. you kept going you kept trying you kept believing Mm. to get to seven it's such a beautiful number actually now that i think of it yeah yeah. (laughs) and and just it's it's such a perfect number and Mm. did you ever ask your mother i know it's a very it's a very weird question to ask and but in your childlike mind, did you ever ask her, why did you keep going? What kept you going mm. all the way to number eight? Wow. So this particular journey of her seven miscarriages is mm. actually how she found God, you know, in the middle of her journey, if I can say it that way. Because um, there was a point where the friends didn't want to support her dreams of still having children anymore. It sounded so absurd, you know, the fact that she wanted to keep on trying um, to a point where she even gave up. And even the doctors that she consulted gave up. And they even used to call her names, uh, the woman who waits for disappointment, the woman who's waiting on bad news, uh, the woman who still won't get a child. And she threw in the the towel at some point, but through a mutual friend who was able to actually be the catalyst of her Christian walk, um, she was introduced to the gospel. Mm -hmm. She was introduced to the good news and that there was a God, there still is a God who is watching over you and who will hold your hand and 
when you have faith in him, the faith that you have in him is so undying that you become numb to the comments of men. You even become numb to to your own negativity and you just want to put your trust in him regardless of how insane it may sound in the ears of others. So she continued to believe and it was not in vain. You know, it really, really wasn't in vain. I am number eight, which is why I am a huge fan of one of the sermons called... um, I am number Mm -hmm. eight by Pastor John Gray. And um, he was actually describing the man that we know today as King David and how he was the rejected one put on the side and God ended up glorifying himself in his situation. And he was the one that he wanted and Mm -hmm. he selected him out of the crowd or, or out of his uh, family standards, if I could say it that way. Yeah. And it reminds me of my birth story because even before I was born, I was already rejected as an idea in the minds of people who had already declared my mom unable to have any more children. Wow. And um, the it, it's so symbolic that I am number eight after the number of perfection because it it tells you that God can still not only perfect a situation, even though it is really bad or really complex, but he can also bring a new order, start something new, something different. Because after that experience, so many things happened to my mother. So many doors started to open. She graduated. Um, she was able to establish the home that she wanted, the education that she wanted, and pursue the career that she wanted. Mm-hmm. So certain things kind of serve as a catalyst to begin something new in our lives. And all that came after the many challenges that she had experienced. But none of that would have happened if she gave up. So sometimes it will require for us to sound a little bit insane Uh because um, you might be the only one who believes in the dream that you are carrying, but um, you're not crazy. And if you are fine, Mm -hmm. take it and run with it until you get to the finish line. Yeah. Ultimately, that is the goal. Yes. And during... Well, the recount, of course, you weren't there when your mom was experiencing these things, but you are the the fruit of this labor, literally. Mm. Um, And Mm. you have come to understand a lot of things which not every child is exposed Mm. to or is put in the position to experience. So how exactly has this experience shaped your understanding and your definition of womanhood? You know, from the perspective of your mother who went through all of this and being in that position, that very unique and special position of being the final product that came and like sort of destroyed all of these falsehoods that were established during that time. (laughs) Yeah. How then do you now view womanhood? So I don't just see womanhood from a place of fragility where a woman is vulnerable and she is just acceptant of everything that is happening to her. But I also see womanhood from a place of strength, tenacity. So not throwing in the towel when things get hard, Mm -hmm. regardless of 
how people wish to dictate that femininity. Because when my mother was going through all of this, um, she was labeled as less of a woman because she could not bear any children. Mm -hmm. But that is even when her womanhood uh, was elevated the more because in not being able to bear physical children, she was even recognized as a mother to the community. So she found her motherhood in something else other than giving birth to physical children. Yes. And for that reason, it then became easier when she had her her biological children it it didn't sound new because it was always within her even before she could carry her babies so i think that womanhood is really from a place of strength from a place of knowing who you are and whose you are and um running with it like i love to say amazing this is just very inspirational it's even an emotional story because it brings out sort of the ugly of society the society that we live in because in such a situation it isn't anyone's place to judge to discourage to mm. condemn you know as much yeah, as women is. have yeah. been placed with this responsibility or this you know whole thing of yes you you need to you sort of control the birth process and the conception process and that kind of thing it ultimately is right. god you know, you can't dictate the gender yeah. of this kid or the sex of this kid or whether you're going to have a child or when you're going to have a child and that kind of thing. And so in such a time, it's sad that especially from a fellow woman, you know, we look down on each other. We, mm. But I think it just comes from that insecurity of constantly having to measure up to this very volatile, very insecure in itself you know, definition of what mm. a woman should be, what a, what a true woman looks like, what a real woman looks like. But now this also yeah. brings me to a different angle. Yeah. That's where we also come in as women. We need to stand for one another and support one another, genuinely support one another. Uh, not for the fact that that's a woman thing to do, but that's a flesh and blood thing to do. Mm -hmm. So because you and I are human and we were created by the same God, uh, why shouldn't I be there for you? Why should I be indifferent? Because your situation looks different from mine, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that we really need to learn how to offer a shoulder to cry on for other women who are going through situations that they they don't even feel comfortable talking about. True. You know, they need to find that sense of, of community in each other, if I could call it that way. Yeah. Oh. I don't know why I'm like triggered by this topic. I think it's because I've for a long time felt like I fell outside of this definition of what a woman should be. I was very tomboyish for a very long time. I was just in general, just feeling as if I always had to work a little bit harder just to be able to fit in with the norm, which is something that I, I regret now, but I don't want to regret because all things happen for the good of those who love God. So it, it was right. planned this way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. That's why I always had a conflict with femininity because I just felt like I wasn't feminine enough to be a woman. So I was like, oh, it is what it is. Mm. I'm going to be exactly what I'm going to be. And I, I sort of became a rebel of that. But now when you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, right, which everybody's always called Proverbs mm. 31, but... <laughs> We look at the Proverbs 31 woman, we look at how inconsistent the definition of womanhood is today. And we try to reconcile these, mm. right? 
in the light of mm. our own confused identities and you now in this dilemma where you're trying to say okay but i want to be married one day i want to have children one day i want to yeah. still be a career woman and have all of these things and now you look at it as i don't fit into this Proverbs 31 de- definition at all yeah or yeah i'm just gonna be a career woman i'm just like my thing is why is there such a conflict between sort of feminism or like the advancement of women and femininity that is a touchy subject for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because then people will literally eat you up whether or not you choose to identify yourself as a feminist Mm -hmm. and i am not here to create any political label but i am here to say that i believe in women being empowered Mm-hmm. I believe in women not being put aside just because of their gender and just because they look a certain way or just because they sound a certain way that is different from men. Yeah. I do believe that if she has worked hard to earn the place that she is occupying, then give her the chance to shine where she is. Mm-hmm. You know, I also believe that women and men were placed on this earth to be of help to one another. So no one is better than the other. I think above the both of us, God is superior. Yes. So I think that the clash with feminism and choosing to be to live up to the standards of what society says a woman is comes in when we forget our purpose when we forget why we were sent here on earth then we start creating little groups where one is against the other mm-hmm. and the proverbs 31 woman really encapsulates an all-rounded woman not just one who is great at home, but one who secures her city, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. one who is of use to her community, one who works with her hands. It's it's all in there in Proverbs 31. And while we're using that as a hashtag, we, sh- we should also remember that it's not that easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not easy. It takes work. Yeah. It really, really takes work to earn that hashtag as, as a lifestyle. But that's why it's so special because Proverbs 31 is a lot of effort to put into. But it is possible. It yeah, is possible. Definitely. Then what would your advice be to young women who are still finding themselves, who are still learning to understand themselves you know, understand their identities Mm. when it comes to womanhood, Mm. you know, based on what you've learned so far in your years of life. I would tell them, be careful who you're giving your ears to. Be careful who you're paying attention to. Everybody will try to mold you. And if you consult everyone but the potter, you might come out deformed. Mm. So you need to go back to where it it naturally started. You need to consult with who designed you because he knows best what you are like even the things about you that you haven't uncovered yet he knows it's just a memory to him Mm -hmm. so I think going back to who you are finding your identity in Christ and being confident in who you are will really set you in a very strong foundation that you will not be shaken regardless of what you hear on the outside because if you don't have a backbone now by the time you're I don't know, in your late 40s. And and let's say fertility for you is not the same story as the girl next door. Mm -hmm. You will even try to convince yourself that you are less of a woman because you don't fit 
everyone's timeline, but you're not on anyone's timeline. You're on God's timeline. Mm-hmm. You're on his plan. So figure out what he wants you to do to live your very best life. Lastly, again, ending another phenomenal, phenomenal episode on a high note. What are some of the mistakes that you have made mm-hmm. on your journey to becoming that woman that God has destined you to be? Wow, Sakina, it's an entire <laughs> book of mistakes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to put your business out there. I'm not trying to put your and business I, out and there. And I think so. It's not even about that. It just reminds me that you're going to have to walk on some eggshells to get to finally walk in that glass slipper, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So one of the mistakes that I made was waiting for people to approve who I already was you know, and thinking that without them, I was, if I could say incomplete, you know, so tying the joy of my salvation to the presence of others, rather than to the complete person that God has already made me. So that brought along very um, unwanted consequences, where um, even the the loneliness that I was experiencing wasn't coming from a place of I want company. It was coming from a place of I don't know how to enjoy my own company. Mm-hmm. But there is a company's joy in myself. So I think that's just one of the mistakes that I've made in the past. And one of the mistakes that we as women keep on making every day, we always think that we are not enough that we need to add something on top of who we are to be accepted by uh, the group that we want to fit into, the marriage that we want to fit into, the, the workplace that we want to fit into. But what if you knew that you are already an all-rounded woman and that is more than enough? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I couldn't thank you enough for blessing us with these words, for enlightening a lot of people for awakening us to the awareness of what we already are, of the greatness that we already are. A lot of us know I am for one, mm. you know, you're preaching to the choir here because it's it's something that I also battle with a lot is that validation, that constant needing somebody to approve of it. And it becomes like a subconscious obsession. It yeah. becomes something that you can't, it can go out of control mm. because just like you said in the very beginning, it becomes yeah. something that you're mistaken for your identity for a part of you, a part Mm. of your DNA. And and it's Mm. not it. It's a lie. It's a complete lie Mm. from the devil. It's not it. But because we constantly rehearse these kind of things, we think it becomes a part of us. And so to end off this beautiful episode, I'd like to say once again, thank you so much to Divine for joining us and for speaking to us on this. This is definitely not going to be the last that you're going to hear from her on Sakina Speaks. But I couldn't be more grateful because like I say on many of the episodes, I'm also learning. I'm learning so much. I'm being convicted. I'm addressing the elephants that dwell within my very own heart. It's not only about the elephants within society, within the room. We make up society. And so what we personally experience, what we personally go through, become the realities of the public. Usually it's a shared reality. It's a personal thing, but it's a public issue because there's so many of us, but it's hidden. You know, it's not public Mm. knowledge. And so this is the platform where we come to break that, break through that and emerge on the other side a lot greater and better. 
and you know people that can really just foster and create a better society for future generations and for others mm-hmm. so thank you to each and every single one of you that right. have continued to listen to Sakina speaks you know through all the hiccups through all the breaks through all the late episodes and all of these things we are growing we are learning and we're coming out on the other side a lot stronger it has been an amazing episode I've learned a lot Thank you for having me, Sakina. I love, love, love what you do. I love your personality. I I love this podcast. Thank you. I think it's really, it needs to go, it needs to go viral, like all the way to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen to it. Y'all hear there? Did you guys hear that? That's definitely, that's the dream. That's the vision. That's the goal for this to live on like years after, because it's not about me. It's not even about the guests. It's about the message. It's about the purpose. It's about what we're doing here and what the aim is, what this is igniting in you and, and what that ignition, that fire and the consumption, you know, what, what that is going to create and what that is going to establish (laughs) within society that's why we do this that's why we come here and speak and that's why we keep on coming back to this platform to give you more and more of this heat now with all that has been said have an amazing amazing day amazing evening whatever time of the day it is i hope that it just continues to to bless you right take care stay blessed and continue to follow us on social media that is sakina speaks underscore do make sure that you go onto divine's page follow her and for all your publishing needs she is the go-to girl that is psalms of karen and that is k-e-r-e-n you better you better know that household name there um, <laughs> <laughs> Sakina has spoken.